Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Revelation Wellness Podcast. My name is Elisa Keaton, and I am so really super excited about today's uh, podcast. This is a message I feel like God's been just building in me. Uh, you know when like something gets highlighted and you just go, we can't move off of this until... <laughs> I'm not going to move off of this, God, until we have a, a deeper understanding of it. And um, the concept of hope, we're going to talk about it today. Not only a concept, but the reality of hope. A hopeless people of God uh, are is not a people of God. We actually, we're living as orphans. We've, we've forgot who we are and where our residency lies when we can't have hope. And you know me, I want to see you um, mature. I want to see you glow up. <laughs> grow up, become more of the glory of God on earth, more Him in you. And there's a maturity, a space for you to grow into that. And I'm happy to walk with you, meet you where you're at, but to know that tomorrow you will not be the same woman or man that you are today. It's a training effect. I just I can't help but hear God saying, train my people, train them, train them, never give up on them. Keep moving with them. I'm not giving up, so I don't want you to give up. So I'm not going to give up. And this message of hope today is just important. So important. You're going to learn how it is the connector to our faith and to our love, how it, it, it upgrades us that whatever hope we can bring, God just up. He takes our hope. He meets it and he upgrades it, how powerful it is, why you need it, and actually some research to support it. And it just I've been sucked into this book called The Anatomy of Hope, but there's actual research that shows that when we hope, when you have a hopeful thought, the brain releases the, the chemicals of endorphins and another one, which I can't tell you the word because it's too big, but I'll tell you in the podcast because I was reading my notes, but these, these chemicals that release and they have the same effect, friends, as morphine. Morphine. The medicine that you give people who are in great pain to, to turn off the cells and the receptors of pain, morphine, we can get that through hope. You have to listen to this podcast today. Uh, it's going to lay some great groundwork. And um, I just say, don't pass go. Don't even go any further in these Rev podcasts without hope because the days are definitely uncertain. They're not easy. The gospel's simple, but it's not easy. So I want you to be prepared and I never, ever want you to lose hope. Let's get violent about the kind of hope we have. Let's get violent about the hope, the longevity, the belief and the expectancy we have in God. And uh, I just have a feeling if we get this hope thing right, then the springboard that we have to faith and to love is unlike anything we've seen in history before. Let's be a hopeful people. It's contagious. They're my favorite people to be around. So I hope today just infuses you with more of it. You leave differently. You take it to your kids, your husband, your community, and become a contagious person, a person of hope. Oh, and by the way, if you hear kind of some choppy ins and outs, it's because this is a Facebook Live that I was recording and the internet was going in and out. So I'm going to do my best to edit it, but grace, please, for the, the edit spots. But I know you're going to, you'll get the gist of the message and I think it's going to serve you well. All right, take care. Peace. It is a 30-day challenge that we have been doing. We are on day two, 
And today I talked about the patience, that having the patience it takes to continue on and carry on in the direction of wellness and the good desires that you have to live a healthy and whole life, not a skinny, ripped, lean cut life. You know why? Because that's not maintainable. That is not a lifestyle. A lifestyle of lean, cut, and ripped is a style. It's not a life. And I can tell you because I have lived that life. I have a fitness competition background. I took my body and ran with it and I made it my thing. And in the end, I looked like I had it all together on the surface, but underneath, I was not good. I was not well. And that's why I would say even the people that had some kind of illness that I would help, there was this underlying undercurrent of, is everything going to be okay? How am I going to get through life? What are my, what's my future look like? Because we all are people of faith. When I go into a gym, I see a lot of people of faith. They have faith for the next rep, that they're gonna have the next breath, that they're gonna take the next step, that they're gonna train their muscles, be sore, that the soreness is gonna pass. They have faith that it's going to produce something. Nobody goes to the gym for worthlessness. Nobody, go, everyone goes looking for a payoff. So you wanna find somebody willing to put some sweat equity into something, willing to work for something, go to the gym. That's harder to see in some other places. You know, yes, I go to work, I get a paycheck, but the actual exertion that's required only in a gym. And I believe that the, um, the gospel requires that same amount of tenacity and wholeness, heart, mind, soul, and strength to live out faith. Faith is not, it is simple, but it is not easy. It's not easy, amen? So as you're coming in, oh man, I forgot my glasses. This is gonna be hard again. Oh, thanks, Pretty in Pink. As you're coming in, hi, everyone. Hi, Courtney. Hi, Sarah. Um, put TLW in the feed, and I will know you are in the little way. That is always fun. Always fun. And tell me what workout you did this morning. If you did the 10-minute workout or the 30-minute workout, whatever you did, I hope it gave you great joy. So we have been in a 30-day challenge. If you're not in the challenge, it is closed. I'm sorry, but you're not totally out. Keep following us here. When I go off of Facebook, and I think right now there's probably somewhere on the box you can subscribe, but when the face, when you, when you click off or when I end, you can subscribe or you can come up to this page and get notifications so that when we do go live and you come to Facebook, you'll see that it'll show up in your feed. You can actually push it up to the top of your feed. I've done that some of my favorite pages. I go over to the, the little more three, I think it's a little three dots, and I can ask for the notifications to come to me when someone posts something new. So that's a good way. You did, you did 10 minutes, good job. Ten, oh yes, Julie, that be still and be loved. That's a, oh, that's a goodie. That one is gonna serve us well. All right, so let's go. I've got some, uh, this is a real, I'm excited about this message. I'm excited about this message because I have a burden and a heart for you because like I said, I wanna see something different happen. And I know that God is showing me layers and layers at a time as we keep the conversation alive. But today's message, I am, oh man, this could be the bedrock of what we're gonna work for the next 29, 30 days on top of your daily emails that you've been getting. Yesterday, I talked about the little way and that how it's not really my concept, it was actually a, a phrase from St. Therese of Lasau. Someone needs to probably phonetically correct me on that. And she was a, a nun in the Catholic Church and she was known as the little flower 
um, and the little one. Like she, she realized basically one of my favorite sayings of her is she saw God's arms reached out to her as an elevator to his heart that he was always reaching out to her and all she had to do was get into his arms and it would pull her, pull her straight up and closer to his heart. She always saw herself as small and staying small was the way for her to be big and big in this knowledge of how much God loves her. And there is a healthy place of us having this, this healthy humility. We're not supposed to have a humility that we think less of ourselves in terms of like this um, false humility, which really is just pride, where we t dumb ourselves down, uh, where we try and take no compliments. Like I think the Lord loves, take, take a compliment, learn to receive compliments. There's uh, three words we say in this ministry a lot. I receive that. If someone says a kind word to me, I go, I receive that. I need to receive that. There's nothing word. There's something about us. We start to go, oh, I don't want to be too prideful. No, no, no. Where that's not, that's kind of false humility because God goes, that's my kid. I would want my kid to hear that good word. He did a good job on a play or he sang a great song. I want him to hear that, but never to the point where that becomes the thing that defines him. Never, never, never. Enjoy a kind word. Enjoy it. But the word of another does not make you who you are. Only the word of who God says you are is who you are. So yesterday, as we learned about uh, St. Therese, um, I'm going to read this one more time because this is why we're doing the little way and how she talks about um, the little way. Oops, hold on. I think I lost my page. I might have to go to my phone camera. Hang on. She says that the little way to spiritual health is that of a child of God who humbly welcomes its utter inability, weakness, and poverty as a little one. So, yeah, we're, we're kind of mature people. I do have strength. I do have knowledge. I have the internet. I have all these things. But at my spiritual level, I realize none of those things can carry me into a life fulfilled. The internet does not fulfill me. And those who find it as a fulfillment need to check themselves because it's taking on a higher place in their heart. Because what happens when the internet goes down? What happens when they can't get to their computer? They get anxious. They're bitter. They're angry, right? Those are types of things where we should never place our value into things of the earth or things that we can create for ourselves. But is one who humbly welcomes its utter inability of weakness and poverty as a little one, it is boldly confident in its total dependence on goodness, limitless love, and action of its heavenly Father. Such a child of God desires only His will and to live solely through love and for love. That's huge, to live solely through love, that's kind of the conduit. Your body is a great conduit. It's a place that love can work through you. That solely living through love and for love. Since love drives out fear, it never fears the justice of God, knowing that he comes to save his little ones. He comes to save his little ones. I just love that. That's such a posture that is the antithesis of getting really big and getting really strong. Because I'll tell you, if it worked or if it fully satisfied, it does work. I, I never want to doubt that it works, but it doesn't satisfy and it's not sustainable. Those are two things, satisfaction and sustainability. They terminate on themselves. And then once you lose them, there's a there's despair. And I'd rather not see you. I want to see you invest in things that increase, increase. And you keep using it and you get keep getting back double portion. 
That is kingdom value. And that's where I say put energy in anything of that. So from yesterday, we talked about love, like love for love, to love, through love. This whole thing that we're doing for 30 days is about this love motive. If love is the motive, if love is the motive for everything you do, just make every decision based on love. What would love say? What would love do? What would love want? Those, that's a really, I'm teaching my kids that a lot, love or fear. Don't choose anything based on fear. Choose everything based on love. That's just, that's just like, get out of poverty 101. Make your next decision based in love. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to come against your, your thinking, your rational thinking. Well, wait, I, I, you know, it'll come against your poverty spirit. It'll come against your orphan belief that you are on your own and that you've got to figure it out. Love is communal. Love goes, I'm with you. Even if it's just you and God, you and God a party of two is an army. Love. So we talked in 1 Corinthians 13 yesterday, and that's the whole, if you've been to any wedding ever that talks about love is patient, love is kind, it does not boast, it does not envy, it bears all things, believes all things, endures all things, hopes all things. And it wraps up in verse 13 by saying, and the, the greatest of these is love. Actually, let me actually go to the verse, so hold on, because I don't want to, I don't want to butcher it. <laughs> which I know I'm fully capable of. I, man, I've lost my notes because something went off wire here. Hold on. You can talk amongst yourself. 1 Corinthians 13. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love, right? Now faith, hope, and love abide, abide, hang on together, intermingle, interdependent on one another, <clears throat> These three, but the greatest of these is love. So that's why the St. Therese knew, like, I'm just going to be loved by God if I could just master that in my life. I've heard some people that have awakened the scripture, God's word, by saying, I'm, I want, I'm going to read your word to know how much more how you love. I want to know your love. I want to know who you are as love. I'm going to read it through the lens of love. Even if I don't really understand why this or that, or if it feels harsh, I'm going to read it through the lens of love. So we all say, yes, let's do that. Great motive. But something happens, and I titled this, this Facebook Live of why we get stuck. Like, why is it that we get stuck in trying to get well? And I don't think it's that you don't love. I believe you love. Everyone would, I would love to lose this weight. I would love to eat well. I would love to, and we keep that desire because it's what you're made for. So it's not that the love isn't there, but something comes to steal from you. A moment comes that is difficult or hard or pressing. And you begin to say, well, that's not love. And you begin to question love. And what we do is we lose, not that we lose love, we lose hope. That, oh, right? That, if you are hopeless, it's the most critical state. It's like ICU. Without hope, you need to be in the intensive care unit because hope is that if someone has hope, you can go far. And if you keep blowing into hope, then it turns in to love. Because sometimes I can't make a loving decision, but I can, if I can think hopeful, I can't think loving because I don't feel loving because we feel that thing. We want it to be this action verb. I don't even have to feel like doing love. 
to be hopeful. Hope is so powerful. So powerful, you guys. In fact, that I have been reading a book called The Anatomy of Hope. Oh, I, I, I started, it was one of those books where I was like, well, let me try it. I had heard a podcast and so I got it. It's, it's a, um, a doctor who he is a oncologist. So his name is uh, Jerome Groupman and he's actually, I think he was, he's a Jewish doctor. I think he's still Jewish. Um, and he had no, he wasn't looking for God in his, in his um, medical field and he's an oncologist and a hematologist. So he studies blood and he studies tumors. And so he works closely with cancer patients and such. And he just started to see this, he started to get inquisitive of how come some people lived and how come, how come some people didn't do well? How come some did better than others? How come some, literally he would see miracles and go, where did that come from? And others that didn't have hope. He didn't know what he was looking for, but he kept finding this, there's a hope equation here, but listen to this, this is research. He writes in his book, that's at the very beginning, and this is what hooked me, and then I cannot put the book down. It's totally, basically medical stories of, of hope. But it says, um, here he says, researchers are learning that a change in mindset has the power to alter neurochemistry, belief and expectations. The key elements of hope can block pain by releasing the brain's endorphins and enkephalins, enkephalins mimicking the effects of morphine. Did you get that? The brain, just by having a hopeful thought, your brain, and if you listen to my adrenal fatigue on, on uh, I did a podcast on fatino, adrenal fatigue, our minds, stress, where our minds go, our bodies will follow. The man follows. Where our mind goes is where we'll build a life. We, we build a belief system based on what we think what we think, that's why we need to renew our minds because we all have a worldview outside of Christ. We grow up into a worldview uh, of faith. It's, it's not intrinsic in me to know God. There's a place for me to know God, but it doesn't become personal until it becomes personal. Amen? You can have a God that's just far off. You can have a God that you give lip service to, but His heart is far from you. And that's where we want a God. We know His heart so that he can speak to our minds, renew it, and tell me the real story. Because there's a sloppy first draft of everything of your life. You have a sloppy first draft. You got the bad luck. Your parents abused you, neglected you. Somebody said this. Your husband left you. Your husband abused you. Um, you lost your job. Uh, a, a parent, a loved one, a sibling, a child dies. It's just a crappy deal. You just go, this is... This is sloppy. This is not how I would write my story because in you is eternity. In you is a really good story because you're made for the story of a love that never ends, a beauty that never fades because that is eternity. That's why it's in you and it's hard. That's why we have to enter as a child because then we can get back into this belief system that this does exist. It is there. The fact that I love C.S. Lewis says the fact that you crave it is evidence that it must exist. It must exist. Because if you were just a cell multiplied a million times over, over billions and billions of years, explain love. Explain 
Explain to me when you hear music, why it excites you, why it moves you. Why do you have emotions? Why do you go to a movie? Why, why is there something? So that's why, because you're created to, um, for that beauty, for the story to go the right way. So you can try and work around it and go get a job and get as many thousands of likes on Facebook and hoping that will fill you up. But until the story continues to get completed in you, you're just going to sign up for more Weight Watchers and more next program and the next program. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but first let me get your head on straight. Let me get your heart straight. Then get out there and go and bring freedom and show how to take good things without making them they're your God things. But hope, you guys, the fact that you hope for it, man, that's just, I love God. It's like, the, the, it's, a, it's a safety net that God put in us. That as far as life might knock you off your feet continually, that as long as you can have hope, you have a future. As long as you can have hope. Don't ever lose hope. Don't ever, like, if you lose hope, it's just dangerous. And that's often why suicides happen. Because there's no more hope. There isn't a hope for tomorrow. That's why and I, I've studied and I know my husband himself as a, a police officer, suicide intervention. When you have people that are about to end someone's life or their own life, they truly are absolutely convinced there's no hope. There's no second story. There's no take two. There's no grace. They believe this is it. This is as far as go. And how hard the enemy works our whole life to try and take out that hope. Because if he can remove hope, he can take life. Now I'm preaching. Faith. Faith, hope, and love. Faith, so if, I, I wrote this down. If you don't have hope, you forgot to love. Like, you, you can't access, for some, whatever reason, you, you can't access love, so you've lost your hope. And if you don't have faith, you forgot to hope. Like, if someone knocks out your faith, because you don't see it happening, you don't let them steal your hope. They cannot steal your hope. This is why we're told that the suffering that we have, don't be surprised when it's hard, when the suffering comes. Because if that suffering, you're not willing to persevere, which creates character, which gets you plugged back into hope, then you will become a part of the suffering. You'll just be a participant of the suffering. Because if you cannot persevere through it and be like, I'm gonna get over there to hope, that's, you can't take my hope, I'm gonna press through this, I'm gonna persevere, it will develop my character and hope will come tomorrow. I'm gonna, <laughs> I had a bad day today, I'm going to bed because hope will be here tomorrow. You get with God, you go through the day, where did I lose my hope? What happened, God? I talk a lot about taking our thoughts on trial. We got to take thoughts captive. You have to not just put them in jail, take them captive, put them on trial, get to the truth, live according to the word. That's how Jesus could overcome all his temptations through truth, through the word of what God said. Every, so it's not just what you think, but when your mind is thinking crazy thoughts, that's when you got to go, God, what do you think? What do you say? What have you told me about faith? What have you told me about having hope? What have you said about love? Because I can't even find it right now. <laughs> I'm so off center. I need you to come and center me. And honestly, it's hope that centers you. And I want to show you. So this is the visual. I was like, God, that's it. I, I just know that if you're in the little way challenge, he is like, I am going to, I am going to fan some, some crazy dangerous hope back into these people because they have lost hope. And it's the hope 
you've been putting your hope in the wrong things and they've disappointed you, discouraged you. But if we put our hope back in the right thing, it is a rocket ship to the moon. You keep fueling it with the Word of God. You keep fueling it with the best choices of your fools, fuel of your body and nourishment so you can keep your mind clear, so you can take care of yourself. You refuse to partner with shame or condemnation. You make better choices. Listen, I'm not giving everyone permission here to continue doing what you should not do because James says anything that's done that is not done in faith is sin. Anything that we do that is not in faith is sin, meaning... If I'm not connected to faith, hope, and love, if this isn't something that God is thinking, speaking, and doing for my life, then I'm actually countering Him with, no thanks, I'm going to do it my way. And that's sin. That's what we know. It's called to miss the mark. Because everything rooted in faith is going to last. It's going to get you through. It's going to keep you connected to your hope and your love. But faith, hope, and love. So here, here look at it this way. This one. Okay, so they all connect to each other. And they all work and they intermingle. They, they need one another. Anyone, have anyone here with the iPhone 7? <laughs> 7, 7 Plus? Okay. You know, you've got these headphones, right? I love my headphones, okay? You put faith in these headphones. These have worked. These are my headphones. These work great. I'm reliable. Um, they're good. Great headphones, all right? But then I upgraded. Oh my gosh, I upgraded to this phone. I love this phone. But I cannot access this phone with these headphones. With this, these headphones that I have faith will work because I really love my iPhone. These still work, but they don't match up. I need a connector. The good old dongle. <laughs> Anyone? Why'd they call it a dongle? Somebody tell me. Somebody tell them. Why a dongle? My husband's in electronics. I'm like, why? Why? The dongle. It connects so that all together they would work. It's a three-part system now. This, this faith is still faith. Faith is faith. He's not changing. He's not rewriting what faith is. Faith is faith. Like, this is how it works. It's not... Uh, there is no, like, God is the way, the truth, Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. Like, we're not rewriting scripture. Faith is faith. He's not lowering the bar of faith. We're actually learning to grow from glory to glory, from faith to faith, so that we keep increasing our knowledge of faith. But faith is faith. The hope connects me back to this source, this power source, this information, this knowledge. Like, everything I want to know. If I want to get on Facebook, I want to connect. This thing that we love needs this, this second part connector. If I don't have hope, if I don't have that connection, I'll break down. This is crucial. These will not work. Faith, love, they won't work if I don't have hope. If I don't, if I lose hope, my love will actually start to look manipulative. I will actually say, well, that, that's love. That's pretty good, that love. Because I, if I don't have hope for what I can't see, right? If I don't have hope for the dream of, for their life, for my life, if I don't have hope for that, even though they've said mean words or not kind words or whatever the lie is, if I put my, all my faith in the lie, then I can't love. And I definitely have no hope. Hope is this real, like, I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't want to see you knocked out again. 
I don't want you to leave the little way challenge. I don't want you in 30 days to be um, like, well, that was a good 30 days. And then you just go back to the old pattern or have a good two days or three days and then go back to the old pattern. I promise you, you will never go back. It is done today if you keep hope. You keep hope. Hope is so powerful. It actually means in the Greek language, hope means an expectancy of good or an expectancy of evil. You will get what you're looking for. The Lord is saying, what you look for, you'll find. If you ask me for that, I'm going to give that to you. According to your faith, it will be done to you. It's an expectancy. That's why the core tenets, as he said, the, the, that alter our neuro, neurochemistry is belief and expectation. Faith and expectation. Faith. If I have the faith, my faith does not come from Elisa or her clean eating or her exercising. Those are all great, but I don't put faith in them because they could be gone tomorrow. I don't put faith in my money. I don't put faith in my beauty because they'll be gone at some point. They fade and they're gone. It's the wrong place. And we live in a culture that is spending themselves to put stock in something that I think ultimately they know it doesn't satisfy, but they don't know another way out because no one's offering the hope. Just the hope. Just take hope. An expectancy of good. An expectancy of good. Belief and expectation. It's dangerous. And now here's the other thing about hope. It is dangerous. Do you know why? Because we hope for something and then it doesn't happen. At least as quick as we would like it to happen. Amen? That's the problem. It's not that it's not going to happen. It just doesn't seem to be happening. And so we begin to lose hope. We start to partner with despair. We start to partner with a heavy spirit. And it doesn't take much from there. Then we're just bitter people. We're just not fun to be around. Nobody wants to, you know, it's just not enlarging. You can just feel it. Hope enlarges. Hope gets bigger. And here's the truth. The enemy of your life, the prince of this world, he has a hope. He has a hope too. He's hoping. He's hoping that you will believe the lie that you'll never change, that you will believe the lie that was spoken to you about your body or your beauty or your what value and your worth. He's hoping because in its expectancy of evil, right? It's powerful. It's like God said, I'm going to allow you to hope too, darkness. You get to hope too, and we're going to see who wins. Well, he knows who's going to win, but it's that powerful. It's actually connected to, I'm going to give you free will. I'm going to let you play with this hope thing because at some point you're going to realize this doesn't seem to build me as I continue to look at the dry bones when I am surrounded by trees, a garden of trees, the two cardinal rules of this morphine so you change your mind about, I'm going to have a hopeful thought. I'm going to have a hopeful vision for my life. You change that and you begin to, and not only that, I always say, that's why hug your brain with it. Sit with it. Draw a life around it. Create it. Like it's as if God says, go ahead and hope. Not, not timidly, not because you're afraid I'm not going to do that. But hope big and then be patient because love is patient and love is kind. And as I was saying, we often end up in our, because we think God's not coming through, God's not coming through. We start putting our eyes on the valley of dry bones instead of realizing that we are surrounded by a tree of life. Um, it actually says in Proverbs, I think I was Proverbs 18, 23, that hope deferred makes the heart sick. 
but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. A longing fulfilled is a tree of life. So you have to go, God, what things have you done? Remember, take account of what he has done. Man, I, can, I have a list. It's growing because he's proven himself faithful. And I'm telling you, if you're just on your baby faith walk, he's really good. He'll give you little things to start. You ever notice he's really kind? It's almost like the, when you're first new to faith, he's just really big and he shows up in all these really amazing ways and we want that. But then at some point as you mature, it gets a little quiet because he wants to know in that vulnerability, will you choose me? Will you choose hope? Will you believe an expectancy of good? I'm trying to build up your belief and your expectancy in me. This is how I move in belief and expectancy. You keep expecting on me. You keep believing. Don't set your eyes on the bones. Look to the tree of life that of all this that I have fulfilled around you and I will keep showing up. A delay is not a denial. He's building up in you. And here's the other thing. That's why you've got to just learn, much like Therese, Therese, St. Therese, sit back and receive his love. Because in the end, he really, really likes you. And in the end, that's where you're moving towards. You're not going to take any, all the things that you spend all your energy spending, seeking, praying for. It could even be the nicest prayer. Whatever it is, it, 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 all that that you spend wringing yourself out on, none of that's going to matter. You know, I'll even share this personal story with you, and then i got to end it. I know I'm getting long-winded. Um, my, uh, in my family, there's a lot of addiction. Not, yeah, well, there's, uh, generationally, there's a lot. A lot of dry bones. A lot of dry bones. So you can look at that and just think, well, I don't know how that's ever going to come to life. Um, but my, my, my mom's heart breaks over all, you know, a mom's heart would break over addictions and things that are stealing from us because of addiction, which is just misplaced worship. I just want to say that. So that's why be careful where you place your heart. You can worship your job. You can worship your money. Some addictions are cleaner than others. But make no mistake, it's still the goal of the enemy to kill, steal, and destroy you inside that. Even the Bible says, what, what, what is it to gain the world and lose your soul? So that's death. It's not, there's no life there. But my mom, sometimes we, we, she gets sad, you know? Like she would like to see, like she prays and prays and prays. And that there's almost this ringing a prayer where she's kind of weary in her prayer. And, and she said to me the other day, Lisa, I've just prayed God. I just pray that he will, that before I leave, that he will answer this prayer for me, that before the end of my life, that he'll just answer. I might cry now. <clears throat> so I pray and pray that he'll answer this prayer. And I said, mom, here's the thing. <clears throat> You're not going to take this sadness with you. When you die, it'll all be fulfilled. You'll see it all and it'll be, you won't be sad. You're not going to take the sadness with you. So, um, you can't, don't wring it out. Like just stop worrying about it because we can make that thing 
the thing, the expectancy that God, you just really need to show up here. And meanwhile, it's stealing our life. It's stealing our love. It's stealing our present joy, the expectancy that God's still good, even if this isn't good. So you're going to, you're going to die and you're not going to feel like, God, you never answered that prayer. It's all going to tie itself up. So to live is Christ and to die is gain. So you can't lose. So don't live here like you're losing because you don't have hope. Take hope. It's dangerous. It's powerful. It does great things. All right, I'm going to end. I do have a little um, assignment for you um, because it's in line with the Little Way Challenge. And again, if you're not in the challenge, then I encourage you to do this. This is really powerful, really dangerous, especially in the new year as you have these exciting new goals. I want to see you do them. I want to see you do them. They don't even have to have anything to do with faith. <laughs> but I want to see your heart, your 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 hope, your desire fulfilled, right? I don't want to see your, your sickness. Um, but we have to get real honest about the thing. So I did a podcast a few back about goal setting. And I, I think some of you did that. I encourage you to do that, especially when it comes to the little way. Like, what is your goal for the little way? What are you hoping for? What, is, what does it look like, uh, heart, soul, mind, and strength? Because that's a holistic approach to a goal, not just what I'm going to do. You got to think through what's it going to cost me in thought? What's it going to cost me emotionally? What's it going to cost me in sacrifice, in soul, and appetites? Like, I talked about that. So you can go listen to that podcast. But then once you have the goal, I want you guys to do this. It's really simple. First of all, on a scale of 1 to 10, rate your hope for it. Inside of this 30-day challenge, which is just a springboard for 2017, I want you to rate your hope for that goal, 1 to 10. And then I want you to ask, answer this question, what's the source of that hope? <laughs> now we're getting somewhere. Because... I can hope in me about, on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm about a 5 for my, the, the assignments that I know the Lord has given me. But if I hope in Him, and if I keep my ears open for Him, it's way up there. It's up. I'd like to say it's a 10, but I'm still, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. So I'm not like, hey, I'm a 1200%. It's like, I'm probably up to about an 8 or a 9, but I'm still learning. I'm still, this is, a, is one of those things where I said it. Why do you, why do you keep not being able to do the thing? I kind of have a track history of, well, I didn't fail at it last year, but I'm not giving up. I have hope. And the Lord goes, great. Even if you have a hope of one, but if you hope in me, I will upgrade you. He upgrades. Whatever hope I bring, he just upgrades it more. Um, and then what... Oh, I swear I need my glasses. I can't read my writing. What, what do you tend to do when you're losing hope? So you got to know your tendencies. You got to know you're crazy. So I say you got to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Just know what you tend to do. I know for me, my goal, I start, I, I just notice myself procrastinating because I don't want to do the thing that makes me uncomfortable. Like, oh, I'm really good at these other things. God, this is the year the Lord's asking me to rely less on my giftings and more on the anointing, more on the faith, more on the He's going to show up. And so I'll procrastinate towards those things, right? I'll find other things to do. And um, yeah, so that's when I go, uh, I'm doing it. Okay, let's go. We got to do what I said I was going to do. And then the fourth, um, what will you do to win back your hope? What will you do to win back your hope? Okay, so let me pray. 
Lord, God, I thank you for um, your word. I thank you how simple it is, Lord. I thank you that you want to do all the work of carrying it around into the different places of our hearts, Lord, to deposit it, Lord, to uproot the dry places and water our hearts with the word and put the seed of hope in the ground, God. I pray right now, Lord, that your word would embed upon us that hope deferred makes us sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life, God, and that we are a tree of life. Go ahead and say that out loud. I am a tree of life. I am a tree of life. You have fulfilled many things to us, God, and we are filled with joy. We are grateful that you've taken us. Lord, you didn't leave us as orphans, that you call us back as adoptions of sons and daughters. Lord, you call us heirs and co-heirs as long as we're willing to suffer, Lord. And so we bring all our sufferings to you, but we also know it is not you. We know what is in the kingdom is not for us here on earth, Lord, that we can pull on the kingdom. For, for bodies right now, God, I pray for healing, Lord. I pray for healing in um, joints and inflammation. Just that word inflammation keeps coming back. I just think we're living in such a time where it's either our guts, our bones, our joints, um, there's pressure, the stress, there's just, we're inflamed, God. Our bodies are on fire on the inside. So I declare a cooling right now in the name of Jesus that wherever there's sore, hot spots where it aches, right now, God, that you would touch your sons and your daughters, not because I've said the magic words, but because it's love and you love and there's nothing that will keep you from loving us, God. I pray you'd bring hope back to bodies that feel like it will never change. God, rewrite stories, turn the page, give us a second script, God. It was titled, A Gospel Message, Lord. And we give you permission to do that, to take all the suffering, all the wrongs, and make them right, God. We give you the heart of vengeance in us, the heart of disappointment in us. We trust you where we want to hold on to our weapons, God. We lay them down, we surrender, and we pick up faith, hope, and love. The belief and the expectancy, a belief in you and the expectancy of you making all things good, a completion, Lord, a completion of your people. This is a year of completion. And so I release that over your people, Lord. No more pain. So pain be gone in Jesus' name. We command infirmity to leave, inflammation leave. More cooling places inside of us, places that we are so relaxed in you, God, that we don't participate with stress anxiety, fear. We just refuse it. It's not for us. We push it away and we pull ourselves close to your feast and your banquet table where there's plenty to go around. We take a bite. We love you, God. In Jesus' name, amen.